Now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So much we celebrated today of God's goodness. Oh, how he loves us and he is good to us. Man in his fallen condition is really suffering. The consequence of sin, we are suffering. We are living and yet we have this certainty that death is inevitable. It's a destination we will have to face one day. For the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die, and after death will come the judgment. But praise God for our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. Praise God for saving us, church. Thank God that we are saved by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Brother Clover, for that song. Yes, reminds us of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are so thankful, Heavenly Father. We are so thankful that God has saved. And we are living to tell others that Jesus, that he is your Lord and he is your Savior. People need to be born again before they die. And God says he's delaying his coming only so that more can be saved. Christ is our creator, our Lord Jesus Christ. He is our creator. The Bible says all things were made by him and through him and for him. Nothing as far as we can look and see is what exists. None of this existed apart from the creative power of Christ. And therefore, Christ is God. Our Lord Jesus Christ is God Almighty. Let's come before the Lord in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. And we ask, dear God, the Holy Spirit, that you will bless us now, dear God. Bless us, Father, with your words. Speak into our hearts your truth, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's find Genesis chapter 1. It's a good place to begin when we're understanding that our Lord Jesus Christ is our creator. Genesis chapter 1 and verses 1 says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And that word God is the word Elohim used in the plural form. And here we read about the presence of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, yet one God involved in creation. Why did God create what we understand to be our world when we look into the sky at night 
and we see the stars and we see our Milky Way. And then beyond that, we are discovering why did he create it and why did he create the earth and why did he create us and why did he create us in his image? Well, God did that so that as he is displaying his reign over everything inside of us and through us, he is using us also to display his reign and his sovereignty, his very character, his being. Certainly, we are not going to be sovereign like God, but God is working through us. That's why God put Adam in charge of everything. Unlike Adam that had authority over everything, so too God has authority over everything. And when God made us, he wants us to worship him. Everything he did and made was perfect. And he wants us to worship him. And for all eternity, we'll be worshiping God. In Genesis chapter 1 and verses 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God made us in his image. What does it mean that Jesus, who is God, made us in his image? God is displaying inside of us moral character. God wants us to live with integrity. And he created us, Lord, with, he created us with an understanding of reason to be ethical, intelligent, our ability to reason. They're all displaying God's creative power and who he is, his very being. When God made everything, he created it so it can function. The world as we know it. Our, our system, our solar system. The sun is exactly where it ought to be. The moon is exactly where it, it ought to be. In proportion to their distance from the earth. The seasons that we experience. It all is playing God's intelligence. And God bless us in the same way. So in a sense, mankind is a living symbol of God himself on earth. We are representing God's reign. We are representing his moral character. We are representing the very intelligence of God. But man disobeyed God, and sin entered into the world. And he disobeyed God because he listened to the voice of Satan. And God made man, man was absolutely perfect. But God wants us, in that perfection, to respond to him, to love him. There is no explanation within the scripture as to why God put man in that predicament. But it is safe for us to understand this. That love cannot be forced on. You cannot inf infuse in the heart of someone, you must love me. We have to choose to love out of a free expression of saying, I love you. And thus God gave man that freedom to obey him 
and to love him and to trust him, just to fully trust him. But man did not do that. Adam disobeyed God and sin entered into the world. And something happened because God loves us, because of his grace. In spite of our sins, as the Bible says, while we were yet in sin, Christ came into this world. Word of God says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves his world. The Bible reveals two truths, two central truths. That God is sovereign and God loves his creation. He loves us. And it doesn't matter in that sense that Satan may have won that battle back then, but God still loves us. And so he sent his son Christ Jesus. God himself stepped into humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. But Jesus is fully human and fully God. We had the first Adam and we have the second Adam being Christ himself. Came in our form to solve our problem with God. Only creator God can do that. In Colossians chapter 1 and verses 15. Colossians chapter 1 and verses 15. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. There we find this word image shows up again. Christ displays God himself. He's the exact of God. He is God himself. The firstborn over all creation in that he rose again. From that sense, the, the resurrection power, the power of the resurrection, that Jesus is now Lord. He is Lord of lords and King of kings and he has won victory over death itself. Now look at verses 16. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether th thrones or dominion or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Christ created everything. When we think of Jesus, he is creator. He is God. We should not think just, our Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, who is suffering. No. He is a lamb of God, but he took away our sins, but he is in heaven, and he is our high priest. There's no more Calvary for him. It's once for all he died. And when he returns, he's not going to return as a lamb of God. He, is return of, he will return as Lord of lords and King of kings. And the one we are serving today is just indeed our Lord of lords and King of kings. Sometimes I wonder, oh dear God, do we really understand who you are and our relationship with you? You see, the name Jesus and Christ Jesus is not some name that we just tag on at the end of a prayer. It's just not something that we say by just repeating something liturgical, as though this is what we have to say. When we say in the name of Jesus, what we're actually proclaiming is that, Lord Jesus, you are creator. You are my savior. You are my high priest. You reign forever and ever, dear God. You made everything. The world is yours and the fullness thereof. When we bring our problems before God, it is from that perspective. Dear God, since you created everything, 
What is my problem, dear God? To me, it might be a mountain, dear God. Is it so grand that you cannot handle it? He made everything. He created everything. And we are, we are right if it's too much for us to handle. But we are bringing it to our God, our Lord Jesus, who created everything. God told his servant, go out there in the nighttime. And if you think you have a problem and you have any idea concerning who I am and your question concerning your faith in me, where were you, he asked him. Where were you when I created all of this? I created and I know every star. I know everyone by name. And where were you when I made this? That's our God whom we serve today. Our Lord Jesus Christ, who is Lord of Lords and King of Kings. We should bring our problems before him. That is fine. And we do that well. But here's what we have to be careful. When we bring our problems before him, don't limit our view as to who Jesus is. He is God. He is our creator. Verses 17 says, And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is keeping it together. And he is ahead of the body, the church. And we are in the church. And Christ is our head. Who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. He is the first human person to experience the resurrection. We will follow after him. We who put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That in all things he may have the preeminence. He is Lord and he is sovereign. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. Let's think about this, saints. We are responsible for our sinful condition. Adam chose to sin. That's a choice he made. God gave us this beautiful gift called freedom so that we can love God and trust him and obey him and worship him. But what did we do with it? Man sinned. But God loves us. And in Christ, he solved that problem. And the Father sent the Son, whom all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself. By him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Why did Jesus come into this world? Jesus came to solve our problem with God. Through his blood, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Blood represents the very life of God, the very life of man. God is spirit. We worship him in spirit and in truth. But blood represents the life of man. And it is the only thing that can take care, wash away, cleanse man's sin. And you, verses 21 who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. Let's pay attention to this verse. God has reconciled us. 
we were once separated from God in our own mind, in our own reasoning. Wanting to do our own thing, living our way until we come to God through Jesus Christ. This is why the world needs to hear that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Everyone in the world needs to hear that message. Jesus is the gospel. It's a simple message. The gospel is a message of love. Now, he has commanded us to go and preach this gospel throughout the world. We are saved by God's grace. And we exist by his grace to tell others about Jesus. The church is not just a body that exists to live a life. To live a life of happiness until we die. That is not our purpose for existing. Our purpose for existing is to tell others that Jesus is your Savior. And when we do that, the Bible says that those who live godly will endure suffering. This world is hostile towards the gospel. The devil who won the victory in the Garden of Eden, he is still in this world today. And he will ultimately come to an end. But it, it is a, a wicked world producing in people's heart wickedness. But God has reconciled us. He has established a peace with himself between our relationship with God and us through Christ Jesus in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. God looks at us and he sees us holy and without blame when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. We share this message and many a times people say, what happened to all the people all over the world? Just came back from South Africa, as you know, a few months ago. And so, so many people came to Jesus. Just shared this simple message and people will still say, even there, people ask, when you see the masses of people, what happened to the people of the world? What will happen to them? When we ask that, when we ask that question, and it's okay to ask it, we have to remember that man is responsible for his own sinful state. Man disobeyed God. And in asking that question, we have to come back to this. God has made a way. God has reconciled us to him. But we have to put our faith in Jesus. And that gospel has to go forth. There is only one way to heaven, and that is through Christ Jesus. Our Lord Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. Sometimes in asking that question, folks will find fault with God. They will say, well, God is not fair. What happened to all these religions of the world? God is not fair. And I have to remind them. I said, when God created Adam, did God instill in him all these religions of the world? No. God made him in a perfect condition, a perfect environment. The religions of the world and 
The different systems of denying God came about because of his disobedience. But thank be to God that he made a way for us. But listen, it's not only for us only. It is for the whole world. Jesus is savior of the world. And he wants the world. He wants people. Bible says, word of God says, it is God's desire that none should perish. It is not his sovereign decree. It is desire that none should perish. God wants everyone to come to him. Jesus did not die for some. He died for the whole world. You want true happiness and purpose in life? We have to slow down, child of God, and come back to God and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for saving me. And now, Father, help me by your Holy Spirit to live, Lord, to tell others, Lord Jesus, that you are Savior. Jesus is our creator, and he is creator of the world. I want to encourage you today. This is just a personal choice that you have to make to continue to surrender your life to Jesus for the purpose of soul winning. There is nothing in life more satisfying than doing that. Anything other than that is just making up time until we die. God give us a greater reason to exist. We're living knowing that Jesus is our creator. We're living knowing that Jesus is savior of the world. We're living knowing that in our hands we have this amazing message that we understand that Jesus is our peace and the world does not know that. I want to encourage you, everyone that you know, every family member, every friend that you know that is not saved, it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to tell them about Jesus. You say, Pastor, but I told them before many times, but are they saved? No. Then it's our responsibility to keep telling them. It's simply our responsibility. We should never ever get to the place of saying, I've tell, I told them enough. No, not at all. God loves us. And if he loves us while we were yet in sin, how much more? For the Bible, we have to reach out and tell others who are not saved. They need to be rescued from hell. It is by grace we are saved, we must remember. Must remember that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so we have to go and tell them. I want to encourage you to make a list, <coughs> make a list of all your family and friends that you know if they were to die tomorrow, they will not be in heaven because they have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And start praying for them and call them. And you tell them, you're not saved. Are you saved since we last spoke? Did you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Yes. If so, praise God. Find a church that you can grow spiritually. God, Jesus designed the church in which he is head of his church. And he did that, the body, the church of God, so that you can grow spiritually. If not, you need to put your faith in Jesus. And, and you tell them, I'll be calling you back. Put your faith in him right now. You need to believe in Jesus right now. Tomorrow is not promised to you. <coughs> Someone sent me recently, I think um, last night, information concerning people who lost their lives. People that were shot. 
Life is not promised to anyone. Reach out to everyone that you know and tell them. Make that list and go down that list. Don't miss anyone. Pray for them every day. God bring new people in your lives. You, you make a mark of that. Write it down and pray for them by name. They have to be saved. And then reach out to new people. Others. And ask God to connect you with people. So that they can come to Jesus. This is what we do here at church. This is why we go out in the street and evangelize. God did not call me to pastor by any means. Just to feed God's people or feed my own life. Just to exist. That's not what he says in his word. God says, I'm going to give you a gift to the church. And he called me more than 30 years ago. I felt that calling about 35, 36 years ago. And the purpose of that calling is to equip God's people for the work of ministry, for the work of soul winning. That's my role before God, is to equip God's people for the work of soul winning. Never to just teach God's people how to experience happiness in this life until we die. That is not the role of any pastor. God made it very clear to equip his people for the work of ministry, of soul winning. So please, I know you're not redefining my job. Not at all. Live for Jesus. Live for Jesus. Living for Jesus does not, it does not in any mean means getting up in the morning and saying, God, can you please bless me? And 10 years from now, please bless me. 20 years from now, please bless me. 30, 40 years, God, please bless me. Just for yourself. It is Father, O Holy Spirit, help me, Lord, to seek you first, your kingdom, your righteousness. Here is when you should stop praying that way. There is a time that I will advise you to stop pray, praying that way. Stop telling others about Jesus when everyone on the planet is saved. When everyone born again, then that's it. Your job has done. It's finished. But then you have to deal with the young ones that are just born. Natural birth. You have to wait for them. Oh, dear God, can't wait for them to come of age so that they can understand the gospel. We reach out. We work hard. This is why we go out in the streets. We go in the malls, we go house to house in our church. This is why we have the language program for free, reaching out to people in the world, teaching them English and evangelizing them. This is why we have the food and the clothing program, telling others about Jesus. Everything we do, all the teaching ministry, is to tell others about Jesus. Why? Jesus is our creator and he is our Savior. So we praise God. Thank you, Jesus. For those who are listening today, you're listening from other places, other countries, thank God. That is not by chance. God give you breath. Our Lord Jesus give you breath. He give you life. Here's the gospel. Come to him. Don't complicate it. Come to Jesus. Believe in your heart that he loves you because he loves you. Because he said so, for God so loved the world. I'm not telling you about your religion. I'm not even presenting to you a religion. I'm presenting to you a person who is God.
He created everything. And he loves you. You say, well, I don't fully understand that. None of us will. I've been saved now for over 50 years. And God says we cannot understand it. Impossible. God is incomprehensible. When we get to heaven, then we'll fully understand him, the scripture says. And here is the amazing thing, saints. For all eternity, we will still be understanding him. This is why the Bible says we'll be worshiping him. A fresh expression of worship to Jesus for all eternity. Because in eternity, the splendor of Christ is being revealed to us. Never ending for all eternity. You think, all eternity as we worship him, more of Jesus. Worship him, more of Jesus. So no, you're not going to fully understand it. It's a simple gospel message to those who are listening. Regardless of where you are, regardless of your religious background, the point is this, regardless of your tradition, God, Jesus is our creator, and he loves you. He loves you. No other religion in the world tells us that God came in our form. But the Christian faith, which is the truth. And he went to the cross. And he died for you. You may be saying, am I that important? Maybe you're listening. Maybe you're incarcerated. Maybe you're in prison right now. And you're listening to this message. God loves you. Jesus loves you. He died for you and he wants you to put your faith in him as your Lord and Savior. So we want to pray for you. Church, let's pray for those who at this moment, they're putting their faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Thank you, Jesus, for being our Savior. For being my Savior. Lord Jesus, by faith, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for loving me. I receive the gift of eternal life. Lord Jesus, I confess you are the Christ, the Son of God. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.